Luke's Gospel? Yes. Yes. So it's chapter 1, so you don't have to turn right. very far. Yes. This is the sort of thing which I suppose traditionally, and I'm not a traditionalist in that respect, would be spoken of around the time they call Christmas. Because it's to do with the birth of Jesus Christ. But I don't want to just stay with that. And in fact, that's not my point at all. What we're going to read about before his birth, when the angel arrived on the scene and spoke to Mary. So, chapter 1, I'll just get into chapter 1. We're going to start um, in verse 26 of chapter 1. Okay? Mm -hmm. It should read this. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favoured, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this could be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favour with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? seeing I know not a man. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren, for with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. 
she said to him, How shall this be, seeing that I know not a man? Verse 34. How shall this be? So the angel explains the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And then we read about her cousin Elizabeth. Now she was barren, but the Lord visited her more on the natural level. She wasn't a virgin. And she conceived. Now you heard of John the Baptist. That's who she, that's who she was going to bear. She is the mother of John the Baptist, Elizabeth. And you notice that in verse 37, now she was barren in verse 36, for with God nothing shall be impossible. And then Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And that was sufficient. Be it to me according to what you said. And that was enough for the angel. She's received. His work was accomplished. She's received the word of God. Off you go. Done my job. She's received. She's acknowledged my word. In, in further up, we, we read, and I want to read it again in verse 37, this Elizabeth. Nothing shall be impossible with God. These are very, very important things for us to grasp and to believe. Because this on this hinges so much for you and me. So much. Not particularly in relation to Jesus himself, but to you and I. How shall this be? In verse 34, and I go back and forth over these verses. How shall this be? He said, you're going to have a child. His name shall be Jesus. He's going to be called the Son of God. How shall this be? Did you know? That's exactly what God's got planned for you. You notice it says the Holy Ghost came upon her. Well, he said the Holy Ghost will come upon you. And, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. And that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures. I'm going to mark that. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures. And I, you don't need to turn to them because... I'm going to read maybe one or two. I'm going into the book of Romans, into chapter 8. <clears throat> I'm going to start uh, in verse 9 of Romans chapter 8. You can go there if you want to, but you don't have to, because I'm not going to spend that much time on it. 
You are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if any man has not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. None of his, that means he's not Christ's. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, and the Spirit is life because of righteousness. He's talking about Christ being in them. If Christ be in you. Do you see that? Mm. If Christ be in you. Now Christ was going to be in Mary. Now the Apostle Paul is talking about Christ being in believers. Do you remember what we read many, many times in John chapter 3? You must be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again, Jesus said. Do you remember that? Yes. Marvel not. She said, how shall this be? Mary said, didn't she? How shall this be? Jesus says to Nicodemus, marvel not. It's no great thing with God. Because as we read in Luke just now, nothing shall be possible with God. Mary's cousin Elizabeth was barren. She's having a baby. Nothing is impossible with God. Did you know that Abraham's wife Sarah she had a child, she was way past the age of conception. She was over 90. God said to Abraham, Sarah will conceive and have a son. And she laughed. You can go into Genesis and you can read it. She laughed. <laughs> She was in the tent when the angels were talking to Abraham and said, At this time next year, that Sarah shall have a son. She thought, Is that so funny? Was giggling in the tent. She thought it was really funny. How am I going to have a child at my age? Guess what happened? She had a child. And you'll find as many times in the Bible where people who are barren have children. I won't go into all, all that right now. But did you know the Bible says that the barren have more children than, he, than she that has a husband? The barren has more children than she that has a husband. Talking about spiritual birth. Because only God, who can do what's impossible, can do what's impossible for you and for me. Okay? And God wants to do what's impossible for you. That's why he came and died on the cross. But he wants to undertake for you that which is impossible and to give you new birth. So you will know that in you, 
Christ is dwelling because you've had a second birth, a new birth. But you and I have got to come to a place where when we don't just say, how shall this be? Because I know everyone says, well, how can I be born again? As Nicodemus says, how can I be born again? And then we have the explanation. I, I want to cut on a bit more in Romans before, before we, we go away from this. And in verse um, 14 of Romans 8, For as many are as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. Literally translated, that word should say sonship. You've received the spirit of sonship. Whereby we cry, Father, Father. It says Abba, that's Hebrew or Aramaic word. But when the Spirit of Jesus Christ comes into a person, the first thing they say is Father, because they know that God is their Father. You realise you've been born again and you've got another Father. And your Father is God. And so the Spirit of Jesus Christ, when he comes in through the new birth, the first thing he utters is Father, because he's born in you, born in me. But in the first epistle of Peter, and in chapter 2, and verse 1, 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 1 Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. As newborn babes. See, there's got to be a birth. See, God is about bringing things to birth. His son had to be born. And you and I have to be born again. But the only way we can be born again is if we have a disposition like Mary had, who said in Luke, Chapter 1 Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me, verse 38, according to thy word. You see, is our disposition, is your disposition, is my disposition of heart, do we believe God? That's what it boils down to. Do we believe God that we can be born again because nothing is impossible. Do you believe that? Yes. Do you believe it for yourself? Yes. yes. Do you know in your heart that what God, what Jesus said, you must be born, born again is true? Do you believe that with all your heart? Yeah. All your heart. And are you prepared to give yourself to God 
like Mary did, to give yourself to God. So when Jesus said, you must be born again, you say, here I am. Do it, Lord. Do it. You didn't even have to say that. I'm presenting myself. I believe you. And here I am, Lord. Make it real in me. Let the Son of God be born in me. You say, well, how can the Son of God be born in you? Well, this is it, isn't it? Believe God. How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? How shall this be? We can just leave it like this. How, how can it be? How shall it be? Well, here's the answer. Present yourself to God on what he's spoken to you already. I believe you, Lord. I trust you. I want this. I need this. And you come to place, I'm going to have this. I'm going to have this. Can you talk to God like that and say, Lord, I'm going to have this new birth. Nothing's going to stop it. Not my doubts in my head that come occasionally, maybe too often. Or what other people are going to think about me. Oh, she's changed. She's got religion. Oh, I don't want people to say that about me. Oh, oh, my, my, my relative, whatever the relative might be, husband, wife, children, they changed. They're not the person they want. Pray God you're not the person you were. God doesn't want you to be the person you were. God doesn't want you to be the person you are. He wants you to be like Jesus Christ. And that's why Jesus Christ came and hung on the cross. He doesn't want you to be like you are. Doesn't mean God doesn't love you. But he's got a better thing for you. And with God, nothing shall be impossible. And here's the key. The key is, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. Verse 35. Of Luke 1. The Holy Ghost. So how is it going to be? Well, here's the answer. The Holy Ghost. How's it going to be? The Holy Ghost. It shall come upon thee. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. And that which is, that holy thing which is born in thee shall be called the Son of God. So, I'm going to go into the book of Acts, in chapter 1. You can turn then if you want. I suggest you do it. Now, these were Jesus' disciples. They'd been with him for a long time, three years at least. Maybe three and a half. We don't know exactly. We've been around at least three years, I, I imagine. And um, Jesus says to them, 
when they would assemble together in Acts chapter 1 says and verse 2 without a verse 2 Acts chapter 1 verse 2 until the day in which he that is Jesus was taken up that means ascended up after that through the Holy Ghost he given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen to whom he showed himself alive after his passion, that means after his death, by many infallible proofs, <coughs> being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them. You've not received the spirit of bondage in verse 15 of 8. Spirit of bondage again to fear but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry father or abba father and then the next verse which i didn't read previously the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of god the spirit itself, that is the Holy Spirit, you see there's a capital S on it, capital S, that's the Holy Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Interestingly enough, we shared something last week, you weren't here then, Didi, about the witness of the Holy Spirit to those who are born again. And if you want to catch up, you can look in the first epistle of John in chapter 5, and it talks about the witness of God in us. So we're going back to Luke, because that's where we were. Chapter 1 And nothing is impossible with God Do we believe it? Yes you know, the proof that we believe something is we act accordingly. If I believe this chair, for instance, will take my weight, I will ensconce myself upon it. Thus. But if I didn't believe it would take my weight, I probably wouldn't do that, would I? That's faith. It's as simple as that. I'm sitting in this, on this chair now by faith. Because if I was for one moment suspicious that this chair was going to collapse under me, I wouldn't be sitting in it, would I? And that's how we need to believe God like that. Take him at his word. And what did Mary do? Be it unto me 
according to thy word. And the fact that we believe God is that's exactly what we will do. We will talk to him, pray, if you want to use that word, we'll say to him, not necessarily using the same words as Mary, you're not saying that, but there'll be something rises from our hearts whereby we say, Lord, I want this. I'm going to have it at all cost, no matter what happens or whatever comes into our life to try and prevent it. The fear of what people are going to say about me, think about me. What my husband's going to think if I get born again. And my life is changed. I become a new creature. A new creature. <clears throat> Would you like to be a new creature? Are you happy with the old one? <coughs> okay. So what you need then is for the Holy Ghost to come upon you. And I was looking, wasn't I, in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1. Being assembled together in verse 4, he commanded them. Can you see that? Yes. Being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. Now, Mary had a promise from God the Father, didn't she? Who was going to father her child? Who was going to father Jesus Christ? Holy Spirit. God the Father. By the Holy Spirit. God the Father was going to, by the Spirit, was going to father that holy thing that was born of her, which is the Son of God as we now know, but obviously then, we didn't know. And we don't know what, you know, when you do today, I mean, you go... You see, this is pre the time when you went to, had a scan, and you said, oh, it's going to be a boy, oh, it's going to be a girl. <laughs> God knew what it was going to be then. They wouldn't have known in those days, or they didn't have the technology that they have now. God says it's going to be a boy, it's going to be a son. That in itself proves a fact that he was a son, was the son of God. But Jesus says to them, Wait for the promise of the Father which you've heard of me. For John, John the Baptist, I mentioned John the Baptist earlier, Elizabeth's son, okay? He was like the, the forerunner of Jesus Christ. He came to Israel and told them to repent and pointed them to Jesus. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And here Jesus said, John truly baptized with water, but you shall be, not maybe, you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And verse 7, uh, verse, sorry, verse 8. 
you shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the world. You notice there, you shall receive power. What did we read in Luke? The power of the Holy Ghost coming upon you. Isn't that what we read? The power of the Holy Ghost coming upon you. And Jesus is saying, you're going to receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you'll be witnesses to me. And what do we, we, we read? The wit in Romans just now, chapter 8. The Spirit witnesses that you're children of God. You see how all this ties together? In verse 35 of Luke 1. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest. You see, when a person is born again, the Holy Ghost comes upon them. The power of the highest comes upon them and they are baptized with the Holy Spirit and that which is born in them is a holy thing. And that holy thing, to use, it sounds quite crude to say holy thing, but it's not meant in that way, is Jesus Christ. You know, right now, you're barren, spiritually, if you're not born again. You're completely barren. You have no spiritual life about you whatsoever. Did you know that, if you're not born again? That's why you have to be born in the Spirit. That's why he said to Nicodemus, that which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And you can't see the kingdom of God or enter into the kingdom of God unless you're born of the Spirit. But that which is flesh is flesh. There's nothing spiritual about it. But what God wants to do is to give us a new spiritual birth. And that's only possible through the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to look possibly in one more scripture before we conclude. If you go into 2 Corinthians and in chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you've read this before together, but I'm going to try and conclude with this tonight. And you go into um, verse 15, chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians. Okay? It says, in that he died, referring to Jesus, <coughs> he died for all, for everyone. You right there? Yeah. So good new Bibles, and then they've got a job to open the pages. Okay? In, for in that he died, all died. He died for all that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them. Who died for you? Who died for me? Jesus, Jesus. Christ. Yes. And he rose again. So what are we going to live to now? Ourselves? 
him. Are we going to live to him? Are we going to live to him? Henceforth, in verse 16, wherefore henceforth know we no man after or according to the flesh. If that which is the flesh is flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ according to the flesh, so they might have known him as a, when he was on the earth as a man walking about, miracles, healing people, raising the dead, the Son of God, which was born of Mary. So we can't know him after the flesh if he's risen again and he's in heaven, can we? Because he's not on the earth anymore. So we can't know him after the flesh. Because he's not here. You can't go up and knock on his door and say, Good morning, Jesus, how are you today? So even him we're not going to know anymore after the flesh. Therefore, if anyone or any man being Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. They passed away. So the old life is gone. The old me that's trying to be a Christian and cannot be, it's gone. The one that went to church regularly and maybe went to communion regularly, maybe went and talked to a priest regularly, or read the Bible regularly, or believed this or believed that. You've got to be a new creature. And all those old things have got to go. All your efforts, all our all our own efforts, because it's all of the flesh. And if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. And all things have become new. And in verse 18, and all things out of God. I often hear people quoting this, verse 17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But they don't continue because there's an and there in verse 18. So it's an and. It's not finished. The sentence hasn't finished. If it's got an and in it, not really, is it? I know it's a new verse, the way it's laid out in our Bibles. But, you, you know, she went down the shop, she bought some oranges and some apples. So it's not really finished what he's saying, is he? She went down the shop and bought some oranges omitted to say she bought some added apples, which she should have said. But Paul is saying that a new creature, old things have passed away, all things are become new, and all things are of God. You notice that all the new things are of God. Now everything's of God. Everything's of God. All things are of God. So everything now in your world is of God. And not only, but they're all of God anyway, aren't they? Because he made everything. But now you know it. My life belongs to God. And all things in my life now are of God. Because all things have become new. And as I said, that is only possible by the Holy Spirit coming upon us and the power of God. 
because let's look at it logically. Now, it's impossible for Mary to have a child without knowing a man, right? Is that true? Mm-hmm. How shall this be? The power of God. The power of the highest. See, we need to know that power. When we turn the switch on, it's not very bright, it's a bit like me, but we've got power, haven't we? What did I do? Turn it off. What did I do to make make do that? I did something, didn't I? Did I have faith? Now, if that light bulb was dead and I knew it, I wouldn't bother, would I? <laughs> no. You have faith it would go on. Yes, so <laughs> what have I done? Be it unto me according to thy word. Be it unto me according to thy word. Can you see it? Mm-hmm. So you have to... Have to believe. Believe, just like I believed. And until we do that, we can never know the power of God. And if she hadn't believed, she'd have never known the power of God coming upon her, the Holy Ghost. Can you see all this is connected? Mm. It's really very, very simple when we believe it. Mm. And sometimes when it's explained to us, because I don't think these things are explained to people much, really, not clearly from my experience, but it's all here, in this book. So if we can take what we hear and believe it, and I'm definitely going to finish with this, because I keep coming back to this verse every week, and it's starting to annoy me a bit, (laughs) but as if the Lord is saying, Alex, you need to to read this verse. Again, because it's a key verse. And so we read in chapter 10 of the book of Romans, but the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise, say not in your heart. Right, you mustn't say this in your heart. Who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or, must I say this either, who shall descend into the deep? That is, to bring Christ up again from the dead. Well, we can't do that, can we? Because he's risen, he's in heaven. So we can't do any of those things, can we? So the righteousness of God, what does it say? See, the righteousness of God is speaking to you now, right now. So how can a word speak to me? Well, it's not a word, it's God's word. God's word speaks to us. Because a word speaks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> word's not something written on the book only, on a page. A word is saying, I'm speaking words, you can hear them. Okay? And the word of righteousness says this. If you shall confess with your mouth, Okay, oh, I'll go before that. No, verse 8. But what does it say? The word is nigh thee, 
in thy heart, in thy mouth, and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever believes on him, that is on the Lord, shall not be ashamed. And then it goes on and says the same thing in, in the next verse, in verse uh, 12 and 13. The same Lord over all is rich to them who call upon him, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it's this word of faith. We've been talking about faith, haven't we? Mm. Be it unto me according to thy word. We've got to do something. And we've got to go to God and say, Lord, I believe you with all my heart. Because the Bible says, if you believe God with all your heart, and if you come to him, and you believe him, he will do what he's promised. Did he do what he promised to Mary? This is the crucial thing that we've got. Did God do to Mary what he promised? Yes. And she had a son, the son of God. So, in the same, on the same token, if God says to you, you must be born again, would he perform what he says? Will he perform what he said? Genius. I believe you, Lord. And I'm going to do something about it and I'm come to you and, and it's done. There's no good going round in circles. no good um, saying you believe it. The proof of the pudding is in the eating. So uh, you make a lovely apple tart, mm. apple pie. That's the right? thing I do. I don't like custard too sweet, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you make it. And you present it before me and before anyone else has eaten it. And they'll put their spoon in, a bit of custard, put it in their mouth, saying, Perfect, Mary, that's absolutely spot on. And where is the proof? Yeah. The proof is in the eating of it. Here I am, Lord, behold, the handmaiden of the Lord. Here I am, behold me, look at me, I'm here, I'm ready. I believe you, be it unto me according to your word. And it was. Mm. And there it is. Mm. 